Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this segment of What the Politics. Thanks for joining us for episode five for this conversation. We're going to be talking about political ads. We're going to talk about the background of them, the legitimacy of them, the importance of them. Um, and the effect that they have, you know, on the American voter. So I'm going to let Victoria take it away with our quote per usual, and then we will introduce our special guest for today. Yes. So our quote is by Winston Churchill, and he says, politics is not a game, but a serious business. And so let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Dr. Mary Brinson. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where you are right now, or where you teach, actually. Sure. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am, uh, right now, I'm teaching at the University of San Diego, and I teach in the Communications Studies Department, and um, the, the, the course that I teach that relates to this is called Political Communication. So, um, <clears throat> my background is in advertising and academically in politics and media. So I um, got my undergraduate degree at Loyola University in political science and communication and master's degree at St. Louis University in advertising and mass communication. Well, we are very happy to have you join us for this conversation. So thank you so much. And I definitely have to ask how the weather is out there in San Diego. You know, you're on the other side um, of the country from us right now. So I got to ask. <laughs> How's the weather looking? Well, it's actually been pretty hot this summer. I mean, we've had the air conditioning shockingly going for like the last month. It's probably 85 out and a little bit humid oh today. So it's definitely been a little bit strange. You know, normally I would say, oh, well, it's uh, been 74 for the last six months. But um, mm -hmm. it's been like 80s, low 90s for and we've been in a lot of fire danger lately. So um, a, right, little bit, right. a little bit different from normal, but still right. beautiful. That's awesome. still beautiful as always. Can't say I'm not jealous here in 85 degrees. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have to go visit you and all my other professors from from University of San Diego. But we'll we'll talk more about that later when I have yeah, yeah. vacation time. But so let's let's talk about that quote. Politics is not a game, but a serious business. Do you think that relates to this topic? And if so, how? I, I absolutely do think that it that it belong that it that it you know relates to this topic very strongly because I think if we look at what has been going on ethically in terms of um, political communication, advertising, um, social media, speeches, rallies, um, I, I don't necessarily debates especially it, it doesn't seem like it's being taken as serious business um i i believe that it is we we are we're sort of we, we treat politics and campaigns and communication as sort of 
an exception to the rule when it comes to the importance of, of ethics. Um, so, for example, you know, in, in other areas of communication in the world, say product advertising or, or, or law or, or medicine, I mean, telling the truth is of the utmost importance. And in politics, for some reason, it doesn't seem to be. And this isn't a new thing. Uh, it certainly is magnified right now, but it's not a new thing. Um, you know, it, politics seems to bring out the worst in people. And candidates seem to, um, you know, subscribe to the theory that almost anything is allowable in order to get elected. Right. Um, and and why that's the case, I don't understand. If I If I am a product advertiser and I miscommunicate or mislead in my advertising, you know, uh, the, the FCC or the FDA or the FTC is going to come after me. They're going to make me pay fines. They're going to pull my advertising. And, and, and possibly if, if people are, people's lives are put in danger from it, then they're going to put me in jail. And in politics, it is almost seems like it's looked at as a game and that they can do you know, that, that any end justifies, uh, that I'm sorry, the end justifies any means possible. Right. Um, so as long as, um, you know, it, it's, it's like all's fair in, in, in politics because it's, it's a game it's, it's whoever wins wins and that's all that matters, but it's not the case as Winston Churchill did say, it's a serious business. Um, we are not guaranteed that this experiment that was, you know, put together by our founding fathers is going to survive or work. And I, and I think we're seeing some of the consequences of that now. Um, people haven't been taking things seriously. And, and now we're, we're, we're seeing foreshadows of, of a democracy that quite, af that, that, quite, um, that quite honestly could, could crumble. Right. Could and crumble. And I kind of do want to get into the ethics of political advertisement and more specifically about political advertising today, because a lot of political advertisements seem to be tracking or specifically relating to your interests, if that makes sense. So it seems like yes. as if there's, there's algorithms and there's bots and there's all these other sort of technological tools that both parties are utilizing, but whether or not that is actually ethical is another question within itself. Do you have anything to say to that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there was a uh, study done, I don't know if it was Pew, I'd, I'd have to look it up, but that, that said, you know, most people, um, when you ask them questions about whether or not they're bothered by the fact that Facebook knows things about them and is sharing it with other people, um, you know, most people didn't seem to, to mind in general that that happens. They understand that it happens and it's part, it's part of getting these, um, these applications for free. Um, but people, when they really started thinking about it being used by political consultants in order to, um, you know, to manipulate our political attitudes, uh, seem to be much more bothered by that. Um, and so, um, I think that this, what it's referred to as micro-targeting and in micro-targeting, you know, they're, they're getting down to the, the itty bitty differentiations in people. So they know everything about us 
They know what we believe in. They know what gets us fired up. Um, they know what relatives we're fighting with on Facebook. They know what friends and relatives were unfriending on Facebook, right? And so, so they really know what the hot issues are and what's going to get us going as individuals. And, and they use that to rile us up. Um, and it is, it's, it's really um, frightening to see the way that it's not just used to change our political attitudes, but the main thing that it's been used for is is sort of pitting us against each other, right? A lot of the trolls and the fake news going around isn't so much going that that is targeting people, that is micro-targeting people, you know, isn't probably going to have a huge um, a huge effect on actually changing who we vote for, right? But but what it does is it it fires us up and it tribalizes us and it leads us to to hate the other side more, right? To think of them as our as our enemy um and so that's one thing that is really problematic about it and, and ethically unsavory um because we we know how polarized our country is and the the micro targeting um that is is being used to polarize us more um the other major issue i have with micro targeting is if they are using micro targeting to um you know, to pinpoint certain groups of people and then to advertise just to those people. Well, what's the only reason that they would be doing that? The only reason that you want to give one message to a certain group of people and another message to another certain group of people is because you're not being completely forthcoming in your messages. Um, if people were completely honest and transparent and forthcoming in their messages, then they wouldn't care if the whole world saw their messages, right? They and, and so when they're micro-targeting, they only want one group of people to, to see their messages. So, for example, um, there's a lot of controversy right now about the fact that Cambridge Analytica, um, the information that um, the Trump campaign uh, was, you know, that, well, I don't know if it was the Trump campaign, actually, or political action committees, but, um, but groups of people that were trying to get Trump voted into office used this detailed micro-targeting information to, um, to target sort of disenfranchised African Americans. And they would target those people in order to, um, you know, really to suppress the vote. They were trying to um, intimidate or disgust somehow um, black people in this country to keep them away from the polls. Um, because we know that the black vote tends to go Democratic. And so... Um, there was a, a, you know, a very well thought out campaign whose, whose goal was simply to do this, to get black people to stay home. Um, and this is something that is inherently, um, you know, uh, damaging to democracy. Any kinds of messaging that are um, meant to do anything but, um, you know, but encourage somebody to either vote for you or not vote for somebody else um, it is wrong. If you are trying to um, encourage people to not vote, um, then then that is not what democracy is is about. And so I, I find that very, very frightening and, and very, very dangerous for, for democracy, quite frankly. 
So how, how do you feel about, um, you know, do you think it's going to be effective? Facebook, I know, announced that um, they're going to temporarily ban all political ads um, once polls close on November 3rd. Um, and they're saying that, you know, they want to do that to combat foreign interfer interference, misinformation, and voter suppression. Do you think that, from a social media standpoint of political ads, is going to be an effective way to target and kind of resolve some of these issues we might be seeing online with misinformation and political ads. Now you said they're doing that once the polls close. Yes, they say after polls close on November 3rd, all, all political ads will be temporarily banned. Okay, so I guess Sorry, I'm a little confused here. I haven't I haven't specifically seen that, and I'm just wondering sure. how does that impact on the election if it's not taking place until after the polls close. I'm assuming they're they're wanting people. They say they're planning to temporarily stop running all social issue, electoral, or political ads in the U.S. after the polls close to reduce opportunities for confusion or abuse. Um, is, is how they're putting it um, for their reasoning behind wanting to do that. So it seems like, you know, they're trying to prevent um, people Mis misinformation on different platforms and people trying to blame different platforms for um, putting out extra information after the fact of the polls closing. I think it yeah. has to do preemptively with the misinformation that might be spreading the issues that we're seeing now that are already being brought up. Okay, absolutely. And that was kind of what I was thinking. Uh, um, so, I, yeah, obviously, so their, their goal in doing that is to stop um, misinformation about whether or not um, this is was an, a, a legitimate election. There's so much fake news going around mm -hmm. um, about the legitimacy of um, of mail-in votings and of elections. And so um, we, we already know that um, if President Trump loses the election, that he is going to claim that it was not a legitimate election. He has said that over and over again. He has said that um, Amy Comey Barrett will hopefully be the, the ninth Supreme Court judge. That will be the, the final decision-making element in, in who wins this election, right? We've seen him say all of these things out loud. And he's preparing us. He is preparing the um, the country and his campaign right now um, to uh, you know to not be not be surprised when it's declared illegitimate, right? Mm -hmm. So um, and so after this happens, there is going to be from foreign governments that are supporting Trump, Trump, and probably from the Trump campaign. There's going to be a lot of you know misinformation out there that I guess they're trying to stop. So do I think that this is going to do any good? Um, well, <laughs> probably not. Right. I mean, I do think that, you know, I do think that social media has, um, you know, certainly has an impact on people's, on people's opinions. Um, the effects I think that it will have afterwards on social media are more just sort of people arguing with their friends and families and, and and you know polarizing and, and tribalizing our country even more so than it is with with the arguments that will that will go on sure and do you, do you think this is something i mean this is obviously something that is very similar to what we saw you know after the 2020 uh 26 2016 excuse me election results came in we kind of saw something very similar with 
you know, people saying things weren't legitimate and votes weren't right and blah, blah, blah. But is that something that, you know, we're seeing, you know, in the recent decades of the political arena? Or is this something that's, you know, really been going on since the beginning of the presidency when we started with George Washington and people have you know, not wanted to agree or accept election results? Or, you know, is it only being, you know, talked about more because social media is making it so much more prevalent? I think social media does make it more prevalent, but I I don't think it's just social media. Let's just go back, like you said, to to Washington. I mean, he he was the first president, and after his two terms, you know, somebody asked him, and I'm not quoting, I, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do now? You, you lost the election. Like this is the first, this is the first time in the history of the world that, you know, when you lose election, you have a peaceful transfer of, mm-hmm. of power essentially like this, where it's just turned over and, and Washington answered. He said, I'm going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home. Now that was a, you know, and, and we've, and we've had that in every single election since president Washington, we have mm-hmm. had, it is one of the most treasured, unique things about our republic is the peaceful transfer of power and um and and you know washington um well i'm sorry uh let's jump forward to to um uh you know presidents that have only had one term in office that did lose an election as opposed to you know having to um you know having to give it up because their their time is simply done and and somebody else in their party ran but but even in elections where we have a one-term president, always, it's always been a peaceful transfer of power. And, mm-hmm. and you always see this wonderful, wonderful thing where, you know, um, the, the, you know, the old president, the new president replaces the old president. They shake hands. They sit down and talk. Um, the past president leaves, you know, a, a, um, a letter, a handwritten letter for the incoming president, right? right. Um, do we possibly, I mean, I mean, just just imagine in your head. Can you possibly imagine seeing that happen from Trump to Biden? Yeah. Uh, I just I, I think we're going to see an anomaly this year mm-hmm. in terms of that. And definitely. So going back to the um, topic of political advertising and how that plays out in this particular election, what do you have to say about? free advertising and free press when it comes to the candidates so free advertising meaning that they can say whatever they want well free advertising in the sense that they're receiving a lot of media attention simply because of what they said and they're not necessarily spending money doing that yes absolutely and trump is is actually uh you know very talented at this when we when you looked at the news coverage of him in the 2016 months uh, prior to the election, um, I mean his his airtime versus others was um, was astounding, and it mm-hmm. was it was because of you know the concept of newsworthiness. What's newsworthy, right? Conflict um, is newsworthy. Um, sensationalism is is newsworthy. Bizarre, deviant, things like that are newsworthy, and so. He was a newsworthy guy, you know. I mean, they they would um, air his entire speeches and air his entire rallies because they were, it was like so crazy to watch, you know. Um, and so there's there's all this airtime given, and so you know um, he's just he's just better at that. I mean, he's a TV personality, and he's 
and he's he's better at getting the attention of um, of the press. So um, you know, I don't, I'm not quite sure in terms of the effects that that will have. I think that what we're seeing now is that you know, um, it, differently from 2016, all press is not good press, um, and I think that Trump truly believes that all press is good press, and I think that. You know, looking at the debate for one example of that, um, you know, his his personality and his kind of, you know, his bullying, his screaming, things like that, that are normally what get him a lot of press attention um, this time around is is also losing him some votes. So after that behavior, after the election a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, he lost a lot of women voters. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know that for sure yet, but a lot of, you know, his. Um, his poll numbers dropped, and a lot of women came out and said, I couldn't even watch it. I was disgusted by it. Um, and so uh, I, I think that some of that might come back to sort of kick him in the butt this time around because it, it is, I think people are looking for, people are looking for calm, right? It's been a yeah. really chaotic, really hard four years. Um, you know, and if we look to, um, if we look to history, a lot of times when there's a lot of chaos and things like that, people look for are, are kind of craving something calm. If we look at, you know, the chaos under the Nixon administration, um, well, the next election, who was voted in? Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, it was Jimmy Carter, right? Who was just this really nice, soft-spoken guy. Um, and, you know, would he probably have won in any other situation? Um, I don't think so, but he, it was sort of what the country was, um, you know, was, was craving at that time. Yeah. Needing that contrast. So yeah, the last question that, um, we want to ask you for, um, this episode is as a political, um, scientist, how far do you think is too far when it comes to politicians pushing the envelope when it comes to their political advertisement, their commercials, their bashing of other candidates? When does, when does that go too far from a political um, scientist standpoint? Well, I think that um, if you're, t you know, whether you're talking about effectiveness versus, versus ethics are two different things. Right. And if talking you know, um, about the ethical standpoint of this, then what we, you know, we can kind of look to it and say, okay, um, is negative advertising in general unethical? I don't think so. But I think what, um, uh, sorry, I just kind of lost my train of thought. But no, I you're think, fine. Um, you know, when you are, they're acceptable as long as they're respectful and right. they're fair and they're truthful right so so you know if 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 something if 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 biden's relationship with ukraine and his son mm -hmm. is is something that is deemed important for us to know um that maybe he engaged in some unethical behavior then 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 i think it's fair to call that out in a debate or in a political advertisement right um, if, if Biden's voting, um, you know, voting record when he was in the Senate um, or, you know, or something or a bill that his name is on, you know, if there are things that politically that that politician did 
that that are deemed bad for the American people, then I think it's absolutely fair game to right. call those out negative advertisements. Negative advertisements really can have a positive effect on um, on the electorate. They they actually lead people to investigate issues more. It actually leads people to seek political knowledge when they see a negative ad over a political ad because they want to know if it's true or not. Um, and so, so it's certainly fair to to engage in these. But you know, there, there's there's two areas that you get into beyond this, and one of those is misleading and lying, which right. we see over and over and over again. Right. Um, and and I don't think that there's that there's any excuse for that. I mean, I, I personally believe that there should um, that political ads should be held up to some sort of some sort of scrutiny. Right. Um, and and you know, um, so you know, nasty name calling and and misleading ads it just shouldn't be shouldn't be okay. You know, we have an example that's going on right now with um, Dr. Fauci is yes. is being. Um, prominently displayed in um, in some Trump advertisements mm-hmm. um, that Fauci has come out and he has talked about his entire you know the entire context of that quote and how it was completely taken out of context and that Fauci quite honestly didn't give him permission to do that right right so in the regular advertising or journalism world I mean this would be um, this would be an invasion of privacy by using somebody's likeness. Um, to sell a product or to um, or to accomplish another goal without that person's permission. And Fauci is very loud and clearly saying, this is not what I said, this is not what I meant, and this was not given my permission. And right. so I think that is unquestionably wrong from the misleading level to the um, to the misuse of, of somebody's name and likeness in it. And there's another one that came out today um, that... Uh, excuse me, I've been in classes all day, so I can't remember the name. I saw it briefly, but there is a prominent general that is now appearing in a Trump ad that is claiming the same thing. Mm. Um, and so um, I think that this is, I think that this is, is, is unethical. I think that the use of political advertisements should, should be used for calling out fair, relevant accusations against your opponent. And, and that should be the bottom line. They shouldn't be used to polarize a country or to tear a nation apart, or to um, you know to engage in in libel and or slander um, against a against another candidate. Definitely, and I do think it, it is you know you know when I heard about Dr. Fauci and the and you know he's saying that he's basically calling it harassment in a sense from the Trump yeah. campaign, which I just found so interesting because you know especially as someone, you know, Dr. Fauci and and the president have worked so closely together throughout this entire pandemic. Um, So the fact that, you know, you would think at least that somebody wouldn't misquote someone they have a close relationship work with, you know, business or personal. Um, And to see that, you know, his campaign is, is very obviously misconstrued and misrepresented, Dr. Fauci is very interesting. Um, so yeah, I have. Yeah, ab- <laughs> makes you wonder. <laughs> look, both sides, you know, both sides in, engage in questionable practices when it comes to oh, advertising. Sure. I mean, they they engage in, um, you know, uh, all of the all of the 
propaganda techniques mm -hmm. that that exist uh, false dichotomy glittering generalities name callings I mean every every one of them do it but I, I think that we're definitely seeing a, a much more extreme version of this than than we've ever seen before um, and I think that uh, one of the really smart things I think that you can do as a candidate and that I, I actually saw a lot in Hillary's campaign as well as in some of Trump at Trump's ads and actually probably more so in some of the um, Democratic uh, senatorial races where um, we're, we're seeing them basically with images in the background and then President Trump's voice, right? So mm -hmm. so it, it makes it very clear that you are, I mean, of course you can take it out of context, but, but it is him saying it, right? It's going back and using his own voice and his own words to harm him, you know, to harm his reputation, right? Because, mm -hmm. um, because you can't really deny that he said that if you, you know, have him standing there actually saying it in your ads, right? Um, so you're, they're not coming out in an ad and saying, President Trump is a racist. They don't have to, they don't say that in the ad. They simply replay things that he said that will lead people to believe that. And um, of course, sometimes those can get taken out of context as well. Um, but I think that it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a smart, um, marketing move to, to do it that way. Because when, when you're, when you're listening, when you, when you're listening to it coming out of, coming out of the, of the, of the mouth of the, um, of the candidate, then it's, it's pretty hard to deny that. Very true. Well, I think, uh, Dr. Brinson, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this segment of What the Politics. We want to thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. We really appreciate your expertise and input on this topic. So thank you so much. And everyone, make sure to stay tuned and join us for the next episode of What the Politics. They air every Tuesday at 430. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye.